I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on NYCHA's New Direction. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And you can catch up on all of our Street Soldiers episodes, both Hot 97 Radio and Fox 5 TV, free of charge. And that includes our town halls from Rikers Island, our multiple NYCHA town halls on LisaEvers.com. Now, in this episode, we're going to get to the bottom of what NYCHA's New Direction is really all about. About. At the end of January, the city of New York and the federal government through HUD and the U.S. attorney came to an agreement that ended a lawsuit that was very serious that was brought against NYCHA in the city for years of mismanagement, for lying on official records and other horrible conditions, according to what the judge said, and we have found from our own investigations, that went on for years and years and years and put the lives of residents in jeopardy. So we have two people here who have been very involved in this issue to break it all down for us so we really know what we're dealing with. Is change in the air? Will there be change for the better? We're going to find out right now. Joining me is Danny Barber. He's the president of the Citywide Council of Presidents. He's in charge of all the presidents that are presidents of the resident associations in the developments. He's also a NYCHA resident himself of the Jackson Houses. Danny, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Lynn Patton. She's the HUD Regional Director. She's been instrumental in forging this deal with the city and very outspoken on behalf of residents. Lynn, great to have you with us in the Street Thank Soldier you, Studio. Thank you, Lisa. Always great to be here. Thank you so much. Lynn, I want to start with you about this because of we course. heard about the January 31st NYCHA, the deal with mm -hmm. HUD and the U.S. Attorney and this big agreement. What does it really mean? Is this a big development? It's 100% historic, Lisa, and I'm actually very proud of it. Let me begin by saying what separates this from the consent decree that was filed with Judge Pauly is the fact um, that, one, this sets real uh, milestones uh, with real deadlines. It also has real accountability and real independent decision making. Also, the fact that the secretary declared substantial default means two things. One, it removes uh, the uh, arrangement from the court, which as much as I love Judge Pauly, because, you know, the fact that he was willing to listen to the residents' plights, um, we all were, was, was more than any other judge uh, that I've ever seen. Um, <clears throat> but with all due respect, we also wasted five months on a decision from him that the residents don't have time for. So it removes the case from the courts, and it also puts a lot of authority, unprecedented levels of authority, in the hands of the Secretary of HUD. The Secretary of HUD, under substantial default, can actually appoint a new chair of NYCHA without even consulting anyone from the city. They, but that's not what the Secretary wants to do. But it, it also allows them to appoint a receivership or a federal monitor. So basically, this, this, this category of substantial default is an official type of yes. category. It's yes. not just... It's the Housing Act of 1937. I won't bore you with the details but So it's a legal. it's a legal status. Yes, absolutely. So basically, and, and just to clear this up, because this is one of the questions that we've been getting, and of mm -hmm. course that I have myself personally, <clears throat> having covered this so extensively, is the this agreement, this is it, and then it's done, and whatever, or is this like, go for a certain period of time, and if the city does what they're supposed to do by certain deadlines, 
they get full well, control back or how does it how does it work look this agreement doesn't work without the cooperation of the city without the cooperation of the state that was something that was critical to me to the secretary to the SDNY um, we need Trinity funding the days of the federal government riding in on a big white horse with a bucket of money those are long gone um, the issues at NYCHA are, are, are paramount um, and and far too great um, this governor needs to be involved the mayor needs to be involved and for the first time both of them have past HUD experience. You know, never before in the history of New York have housing experts been in the position of, 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 of authority and power. Um, now more than ever, we should be moving NYCHA forward. And moving forward. And let's mm -hmm. talk about that. Danny, when you heard about the agreement between NYCHA and HUD and, and the Southern District, the U.S. Attorney, what was your reaction to that? Why weren't the residents at the table when they were making the agreement? And I appreciate that. And Danny knows that, um, you know, we've had several meetings during the course. Um, and that's a great question. And I told Danny when we were uh, uh, together the other day that one of the things I will personally make sure that the monitor forms is a tenant advisory committee. Um, the monitor will be able to hire a housing expert, a regional expert, um, an environmental expert, a construction expert. Um, they also need to form a um, tenant advisory committee. And within 45 days of the monitor's appointment, they have to create a quality assurance department, they have to create an environmental health department, and they have to create a com uh, compliance department. All right, now one of the things I'm confused about is this happened on January 31st, mm -hmm. and then now the mayor has named a new interim CEO for NYCHA in the form of the Sanitation Catherine Commissioner, Garcia. Catherine Garcia. So who's actually going to be, I thought HUD was going to be making those decisions too. Did this just well, happen? Well, look, I'll be honest with you. Um, I have heard decent things about Catherine Garcia from folks at HUD who work for me, and I take their opinion with a grain of salt. Um, uh, let's just say I hope she does a better job at NYCHA than she did, obviously, last November when it took me eight hours to get out of the city um, because the streets weren't plowed. Um, you know, the mayor did this before with when he announced a compliance director um, shortly after uh, the consent decree. And, um, you know, it's my understanding he did mention it to headquarters. Um, but I don't understand the posturing. Um, it's something that we've all just agreed to work together on. Um, you would think that uh, it, that can wait until the monitor's appointed and then we can move forward. But I do know that the U.S. attorney was very, very... Um, adamant about um, the interim NYCHA chair being replaced as soon as possible. Oh, okay. So that was done also with the yes with the U.S. Attorney's yes. input as, as yes. well. Um, and Stanley Bresnoff and I had a monthly breakfast. We got along, but um, you know, and and quite frankly, he never wanted the job. He was very clear about that. Right. He did it as more like mm -hmm. city service, and, and I appreciated that because one of the first things Stanley said to me was. I don't want this job. I'm 80-something years old. I have enough friends. I'm not trying to cater to the mayor. I'm not trying to cater to and you, he did a lot of He did a lot you of know? work for the city. He did a lot yes. for the city, too, yes. through his career. All right, Danny, in terms, of, in terms of the urgency, give us a picture for the of the sense of urgency of some of these problems that are facing the residents themselves. Because, you know, last year we started with, with no heat. There's still residents now that have no heat. No heat. Rat infestations. Mm. Uh, we mold. still have rats running around the apartments. We still have 80% of the ceilings in our bathrooms that are covered with mold, if not more. You have 
young people with respiratory issues as well as seniors with respiratory issues. And there seems to be no light at the end of the tunnel. So there's no real faith or any hope in NYCHA of doing things the correct way. So this agreement was more like a victory for the residents, but also a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel that we've so been looking for. Um, I appreciate Ms. Patton. I appreciate the secretary for stepping up. Thank you, Danny. Um, I know that there's a lot more work to do. I will not stop being a thorn in HUD's side until I'm sitting or we have a strong <laughs> resident representation sitting at the table because that is the key part. In order, NYCHA finds out 89% <clears throat> approximately, and those are my figures, 89% of the, the jobs and the mishaps that go on in NYCHA are reported through the residents and the resident leadership. Because it's right in your home and, and, and you can't really yes. miss it. We're going to take a 100%. short break. This is uh, Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Sierra, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, baby, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about NYCHA's new direction. Joining me is Danny Barber. He's the president of the Citywide Council of Presidents of Presidents of NYCHA Developments. He's also a NYCHA resident himself of the Jackson Houses in the Bronx. Danny, great to to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Lynn Patton. She is the HUD Regional Director. She's also been on the forefront of trying to bring change and improvements to NYCHA residents and hasn't been afraid at all to call the shots the way she sees them. Lynn, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Lisa. Great to be back. We appreciate it. Also, we invited NYCHA to send a representative to be on this panel for the show, but we did not hear back from them after repeated requests, phone calls, and emails. So that's why we do not have somebody from NYCHA here with us on the panel. Um, Lynn, let's talk about some of the numbers here because yes. there <laughs> seems to have been a mathematically challenged record-keeping system at NYCHA, the number of kids that were exposed to lead poisoning. Yes, yes. This, um, this number we've heard many times before, $32 billion. NYCHA needs $32 billion to fix the aging infrastructure, mm -hmm. basically to fix everything. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that number? Well, first of all, Lisa, when I first got appointed to be the regional director of Region 2 here in New York and New Jersey, the number was $17 billion. Then it jumped um, in less than six months to maybe about $27 billion, and now it's $32. Um, you know, I've never seen numbers uh, fluctuate this severely. And quite frankly, almost everybody I've talked about in construction, in real estate, um, greatly dispute those numbers. And the majority, sadly, of the uh, figure stems from union contracts. Um, if you take $32 billion and, and divide it by the number of units, that breaks down to about $181,000 per unit in repairs that NYCHA is claiming they have. Now, I don't know about you, but if I ask my landlord to um, invest $181,000 in my unit to fix it up, um, I mean, it would look like you Trump didn't model everything exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, to me, uh, it doesn't make sense, and the reason why is because about a hundred thousand dollars of that are union prevailing wages, and that's something that's unacceptable. Every year, NYCHA wastes about ninety million to two hundred million dollars in union overtime. Um, because of these contracts. And um, as Danny and I were talking, some of the union heads are getting uh, $400,000 a year 
in overtime and salary, and that's just unacceptable. Especially when it seems that a lot of things are just have not been done for years. Well, that's right, and it's not fair to the taxpayers, and it's definitely not fair to the residents of Nitra because I'd rather use the ninety million um, to hire more maintenance workers mm-hmm. and people that can actually get the get Absolutely. the job get the job done. Absolutely. Danny, what do you think about that thirty-two? I mean, there's a <clears> lot of, like there's a lot of things that need repair. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of boilers, like Patterson houses, which we're going to talk yes. about. Where yeah. That has had temporary boilers since 2011. More, right, exactly. Yeah. I don't think the definition that's, applies anymore. That's horrible. Um, growing up as a kid in my house, we were told this little saying, fish rots from the head down. And in order to prevent the rest of the fish from getting rotten, you have to cut out the bad pieces. NYCHA made a change. It changed its chairperson and brought in the interim chair. But it left a lot of the key components in place that still implement the old chair's regime and the way business was ran. Um, If NYCHA was to cut the fat from the top and start doing away with some of these senior executive vice president of this, now you have somebody in charge of air rights and air control, you made a new position for the chairwoman's old chief of staff. So it's like family, friends, and favors. Those are my three Fs that I throw out every time dealing with NYCHA. You will always hear me use those three acronyms. So a lot of people in the management that you think are not really doing the job or that in positions that aren't necessary or effective? Exactly. A lot of people were supervisors and haven't passed tests to be supervision, and they're allowed to be supervisors. It needs to be really scrutinized and gone through with a fine-tooth comb. All right, and Lynn, Lynn, what about with the, under this new agreement, Mm -hmm. the federal monitor comes in, right? Sure. That's chosen by HUD HUD and NYCHA? It's chosen by HUD and the SDNY, and we are uh, obviously considering the city's input um, and um, suggestions. Uh, What I will say to this, and I couldn't agree with Danny more, um, there need to be less people in white button downs and more people in coveralls as far as I'm concerned. And um, quite frankly, the monitor has more authority than any federal monitor ever assigned before. One of the first things they have to do and solely do is uh, come up with an organizational structure. That gives the monitor power to first of all change the uh, reporting lines of NYCHA they also have the ability to transfer and reassign anybody in leadership. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, this monitor doesn't have the authority to hire and fire. The U.S. attorney and I agree that if you can transfer or reassign a CEO to maintenance, I mean, that to me is being able to hire or fire, quite frankly, because you're able to marginalize the folks that are ineffective. Um, and so uh, by virtue of that, you know, I would like to suggest to the monitor that Yes, there are too many people in positions of leadership and not enough people on the ground. And then so it, so in terms of the monitor, this monitor has real power because it was an impression that people had after the very cordial official signing between the secretary, between Secretary Carson yeah. and the mayor, that it looked like, wow, we're great friends. And the mayor gave an impression like, oh, we're making progress. This is going to yeah. be kind of business <laughs> as usual with our federal friends here. And I think uh, the world saw my face that day. Um, And look, this is a great thing that we're all working together and getting along. I think, and I told the secretary yesterday that it's possible to get along without being bosom buddies. Um, You know, I think what I wanted to see, what the residents wanted to see, and certainly what the press wanted to see, was a secretary come out, 
and say, look, Mr. Mayor, we are grateful that we've been able to come to an agreement to, on the benefit of the residents. Um, but, you know, with all due respect, this remains a humanitarian crisis and we are watching you. And then the, the uh, so, so the monitor will be in effect as long as necessary? Is there like a, a, yes. a time um, limit on you know, that? Uh, again, this uh, agreement sets real milestones, real um, uh, staples that have to be met. Um, if and when those aren't met, um, the monitor can then uh, enforce uh, or levy penalties. And right now we're hoping that five years of, of really good, um, you know, reform um, and deadlines that are met um, really should be enough. This shouldn't take 30 years. Um, change is not going to happen overnight. I want to make that clear to everybody on my Twitter feed especially. Um, change is not going to happen overnight. But I'll be damned if it's going to take longer than five years be to see real change. Um, because to me, there's no excuse not to have that. We build, we build Thank huge you. projects in Thank much you. less time. This than is New that. York City. We are the greatest city in the entire world. There is no reason why this should take any longer than that. Exactly, Danny. What do you think about in terms of this this new management structure? Because we were led to believe it was going to be okay. We're going to have meetings and everything's going to be okay. But it sounds like HUD and the Federal Monitor will have a very clear direction mm -hmm. over an authority over who's actually running this on a day-to-day -day basis. Yes. Correct? Yes, you're 100% correct. And what I basically say is as long as it's not the same structure that's in place that's running it now, the residents were willing to sit back and wait. We've waited a long time for a lot of different things, for a lot of different reasons, and multiple different situations. So to sit back and wait to see the structure, how it's formulated, how it's implemented, and how things are, are actually ran, we're willing to wait. But we will by no way, means, form, or fashion allow anyone to take our waiting to be a weakness. Mm. We will not sit by and allow the buffoonery or... This is business. not just going to be the okey no, doke. No, it's to put not it going to be language. business as usual. Right. No, the, we will not tolerate it. We went to court once. We'll continue to go to court, and if we have to take it to the Supreme Court, we're willing to go there. So, Lynn, so if in terms of the in terms of the kind of like the weight behind this and the muscle behind yes. this, so basically, is it accurate to say if the if the city at worst case scenario, and we'll talk about the best case scenario coming up, but the worst case scenario. The city doesn't comply. Things are not happening. It's it's just you know it's just this going nowhere. Whatever, can HUD step in and say, listen, if this doesn't change, or the course. monitor says this doesn't uh, change. It's back to the one of the things we deliberately left open in this agreement is the fact that under substantial default, again, the secretary has unwavering powers, and if this isn't working, then we're more than happy to put them in receivership and take over and make sure it does. Um, you know. One of the things that, again, I'll emphasize is that it doesn't work without Trinity cooperation. But at the same time, you know, the mayor has to choose from a closed list of, of candidates for the chairperson. Um, to me, that's not necessarily a choice. 
this is a list that's comprised of, of, of viable candidates. This is not just a wish list. These are people who have agreed to take the job if they're offered it. Uh-huh. And we're not going to waste people's time with, oh, let's put this person on the list right. and then Can find they get out they don't absence? want right. Right. Or they don't so, want it. Right. Exactly. So this is a list of maybe three to five candidates that we're going to um, work with the city and the SDNY to assemble. But, you know, uh, with all due respect, it's a, it's a list uh, comprised of people that HUD wants. And when is that going to, when, what's the timeline on that? I is had that a meeting like, about it yesterday. Um, we are currently putting this list together. I was even talking to Danny about some of the names in the, in the waiting room. I've asked him as an individual uh, if he has any suggestions of people who should be on this list that we can interview. Um, you know, I've asked uh, some elected officials um, like Richie Torres and Alika Amprey Samuel, who both obviously have housing roles in their um, positions on the city council, um, if they have names that they want co- to be considered. Um, this is not something that I take lightly. Uh, this is supposed to be somebody who's going to change lives and work with the monitor. And I want people to feel like, um, you know, we are really trying to find somebody who knows, uh, obviously, uh, about New York, knows about NYCHA, but knows about housing and has the experience to Most run important. something as large as NYCHA. And can you give us an idea of who you've, who's might be on that short list? <laughs> you know, again, I, it would be premature of me to actually name people. But um, we are not going to take people um, from other agencies that have no experience running large um, housing authorities. Meaning Catherine Garcia would not be on that list? She would not, no, uh, be somebody that, we, that HUD would approve to run uh, to be a permanent chair, I don't believe. Uh, we want somebody who has experience running specific large housing authorities. All right, we're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You dig? I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about NYCHA's new direction. Is it really a new direction, or is it just going to be more of the same? Joining me for this conversation is Danny Barber. He's the president of the Citywide Council of Presidents of NYCHA Developments. He represents all of the presidents of all the resident associations throughout the city. He's also a NYCHA resident himself of the Jackson Houses in the Bronx. Danny, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Lynn Patton. She's the HUD Regional Director. She's also been an outspoken advocate for the residents and also for progress for NYCHA and some major changes ahead. Lynn, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa, great to be here. Okay, one of the problems, when we first started really extensively reporting on the heat outages last year, was to get numbers that had any kind of sense, numbers that would make sense, the numbers of developments that didn't have heat, the developments that did have heat that didn't. We saw a similar problem with the lead reporting of children exposed to lead. Those numbers, lots of problems with those numbers, Mm -hmm. even when people were under oath and had done the research. The question of how many residents are actually in NYCHA, (laughs) we keep getting this 400,000 number. When last year it started out as 500,000, but then probably 800,000, we were told, actual residents. 400 to 500,000 registered residents and about 800,000 actual residents. But Lynn, you have a different take on this. Of you, what do you yes. think about this? You know, this I, again, I don't want to call out names of elected officials, but I have spoken to several 
who uh, agree with me that the number of 400,000 residents is just not an accurate number. I know it's the number that the mayor's office likes to use, but think, consider the messenger. Would you want to admit that twice as many residents are being let down and disappointed by the system? No. Um, quite frankly, um, 400,000 residents are the legal names listed on the, the lease. Um, consider your own personal life. I live with my boyfriend. His son sometimes stays with us. You know, in NYCHA, it's no different. You know, if, if Danny is the listed person on the lease or if I'm the listed person on the lease and then my boyfriend moves in with his son and maybe an aunt comes to stay for a prolonged period of time, this is just common sense. I can't believe that the New York Post actually wasted paper and, and time and effort to try to dispute this. Um, uh, you know, ask ask the new interim chair, Catherine Garcia, who is also wearing the hat of the sanitary um, commissioner or sanitation commissioner, how many people she thinks live there based on the trash that her people collect. Um, if you ask any of the NYCHA staffers who work there, they will tell you that certainly anywhere between 800,000 and a million residents live there. And that's almost double. Is. Well, the, and the trash thing is hard to, hard to tell by a little bit at, at times because a lot of times it's not picked up right away. Never, yes, never picked up. Not on time. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, I'd love to hear from Danny how many people he thinks live Danny, in Nigeria. Danny, what about that? And why 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 is that important? Why is that number important? It's it's, it's important because, like you said, it, it's it goes to show the true number of people that's been let down, that's been forced to live in inhumane conditions. Excuse me, mm-hmm. who. Um, made to live, feel as they live in a third world country. We were told for many years it was 400,000 public housing. Then we were told it was another additional 200,000 Section 8. So that's the 600,000 there. But we know when, like Ms. Patton described, you have people who come to stay with you for whatever reason, situation, and it becomes a prolonged period of time. So it goes from the 400, and I can honestly say we have at least uh, at least one million to a million and a quarter people living in public housing. Mr. Mayor may not want to dispute it, but I'm going to tell you as an expert, because I live there, you see the people, you. You, you see the, the amounts of trash that have tripled. Don't let tax season come, because then it quadruples where you have the truck driver from NYCHA goes around five times picking up one building. All right, so the number, so then th- that that number is important. So it's important also because it also shows uh, how understaffed NYCHA is. Exactly. Um, you know, you can't base your hiring numbers on four hundred thousand people anymore. No, um, that has to be almost twice as many people in the field. Um, you know, and these are issues that the monitor is going to uh, be well aware of. And Linda, in terms in terms of the monitor, the monitor will be able to hire his or her own staff. The monitor will be able to say, "Look, NYCHA, you need at least ten thousand more maintenance workers hired immediately using this amount of money." Um, you know, the 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 monitor will be able to say, "You know, you need to buy." 
50 or 100 more um, sanitation trucks or whatever, or, or compactors and, and things of this nature. Um, that's real change um, that's finally coming to NYCHA. Okay, well, the mayor will say, and we saw the, 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 cold, the very cold day on uh, the, the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. We were mm. out. We saw Vito Mustachulo, the general manager of NYCHA. We caught up with him as he was checking on boilers in the Sotomayor houses mm -hmm. in, the South, in the South Bronx. And they seem to have been making an effort. We're getting heat on. We only had a, a limited number of outages. But then come to find out, we found out from uh, one of the, the working mothers that we interviewed, Heidi mm. Morales, her entire development uh, has not had heat for over 10 years. Residents have had to make do with what they can with private heat, you know, with portable heaters, the stoves and that type of stuff. So, so Lynn, how do you even begin to get an idea of what you all are really dealing with? It's heartbreaking. And I'll be honest with you, Lisa, I don't know. Um, and that's really hard for me to say because, you know, when you're dealing with uh, basic human rights and human conditions such as heat and hot water and, you know, um, Again, I have nothing against the mayor. I actually think, you know, uh, he well, he had my job. I know he cares about housing. But, you know, we need to stop bragging about turning heat and hot water back on faster than before because it shouldn't be going out in the first place. And until that stops, I will always be a thorn in the side. Um, you know, and I, I even said that to the secretary. You know, I was like, uh, with all due respect, I, I appreciate your position and we need to get along um, to make this work, but, you know, we need to all get off our soapboxes and actually fix the problem. Um, you know, t I actually like Vito Masticello. I think he's doing a great job. I actually fought um, to make sure that he remained on board at NYCHA um, because I think a lot of folks just wanted to wipe the slate clean and throw right. the baby out with the bathwater. He seems to have a hands-on approach. He and does, and he's made himself extremely available to me. I text him at all hours of the night based on my Twitter feed and folks that are saying I have no heat. How immediately responds, immediately says that they're on it, that they're sending somebody there. Um, Heidi's situation is so egregious, I don't even know how to begin other than say, you know, I will be leaving here and making sure that somebody is at her building trying to look into what's going on there. Um, you know, uh, it has to end now. Um, there, look, I'm going to say something that might get me in trouble. Oh, go um, ahead, it's street soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> and and by the way, I, I don't know when I don't say things that get me in trouble. But um, you know, there are tax-paying, law-abiding citizens without heat or hot water. Um, and I'm just going to leave it right there. I know everybody's attention this past week has been somewhere else. But we need to bring it back um, to NYCHA. Um, and uh, we need to make sure that uh, tax, I mean, rent-paying residents. It's not like folks are living in NYCHA for free. Right. Rent-paying residents. They pay a third of the $3 Thank billion dollar a year budget. Three, I know is people, that right? The $3 billion dollar a year listen, budget? Listen, we pay a lot of money. There's people who live in NYCHA that's paying $1,300, $1,400. Hello. Thirteen hundred dollars. So, so Lynn, just to be clear, we're told we're talking that's no about small amount of money. No, that's not. And you not. deserve a and consistent the, and heat and service, hot water. And that. the service is so very slow. What you're referring to, just to be clear, because I had a lot of similar comments on mm -hmm. my Instagram and, mm -hmm. and Twitter, was the situation at MDC, the Metropolitan Correct. Detention Center in Brooklyn, which mm -hmm. has had you mm -hmm. know persistent heat problems, but really bad over the last last mm -hmm. two weeks, as we found out in federal court this week. So the the 
Con Ed showed up on a Sunday and they got the heat back on, Ooh. even though they had yeah. problems like that. So you're saying, <laughs> do you feel there's not enough outrage over what these these working pay, rent paying families are going through? Make no mistake. Nobody should be suffering in the cold. Nobody should be without hot water. This is the United States of America. Um, you know, the migrant caravan I saw I tweeted a couple of weeks ago, you know, you can come and claim asylum and you're fleeing your uh, destitute conditions, but don't come to New York because uh, the conditions are almost the same here as the ones that you're fleeing. Yeah. Uh, there's no running water. There's no heat, um, you know, uh, and it's unacceptable. So, of course, prisoners don't deserve to be in, in, in humane conditions. But again, you have law abiding, tax paying American citizens who are here in New York. Who have, who have been going through this, not just for one weekend, but for five years, 10 years, just like you just said. And it's it's unacceptable. Where are all the um, protesters out in front of NYCHA um, banging on the windows and saying, where is the heat and hot water? All right, this is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, and the place to be. And the only place for you to ever be is right here listening to Lisa Evers on Street Soldiers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about NYCHA's new direction. Will it be a change for the better for long-suffering residents, or will it be more of the same? Joining me for this conversation is Danny Barber. He's the president of CCOP. It's the Citywide Council of Presidents. He represents all of the presidents of all of the NYCHA developments citywide, and he's also a NYCHA resident himself at the Jackson Houses in the South Bronx. Danny, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Lynn Patton. She's the HUD Regional Director. She's also been an outspoken advocate for change on behalf of the residents of NYCHA. Lynn, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Great to be here. Thank you. Now, we've seen, especially in the last couple of months, um, the mayor, the city of New York, NYCHA, they have rolled out new initiatives to try to deal with residents' complaints. We've mm -hmm. seen these uh, rapid response teams for maintenance, doing maintenance repairs on Saturdays when more people, because a lot of NYCHA residents are working, contrary to some of the negative stereotypes mm -hmm. that still pers persist out there. Um, that's when they're home and they can get into their apartments. They've had these um, this NYCHA 2.0 plan that he's talking about. What do you what do you all think about these, Danny? For, let me start with you. The rapid response. The rapid teams. response teams. I think that's a great idea because it allows those residents that you miss Monday through Friday to deal with the issues on Saturday. And they even not just do repairs, they also open up the management office where you can do recertification and deal with the issues that plague you living in public housing. And did you did they come to Jackson Houses where yes. you live? Yes, they came to Andrew Jackson Houses. They actually opened up the office. And I, I even utilized the services a little bit for that Saturday morning to get some So you saw a little done. something fixed. Or yeah. You saw some things I mean, handled. You, Lisa, you're getting a little bit of change. Rome wasn't built in a day. And as we've been saying but, this but whole progress, show, not, but progress, not standing forward, still yes. and moving backwards. No, no moving backwards. All right, and I, and I want to remind everybody too. We did invite NYCHA to be to send a representative to be on our panel uh, today, but they were unable to do so, and we didn't hear back from them after our multiple requests were made. So we just want to point out though that there have been some some pr progress made and some really good things uh, going on. Lynn, what do you think about these uh, th these maintenance teams? Look, I love the idea of maintenance SWAT teams, and quite frankly, I welcome 
um, anything that the city wants to do. I actually want to commend Floyd and his unions for um, agreeing to uh, work uh, hours on, on Saturday. But much more needs to be done. I also, you know, the city presented a plan um, that kind of centered around the RAD rental demonstra assistance demonstration program that HUD uh, created back in 2011. Ocean Bay has been a beneficiary of that. And to me, that's not an, a plan. You know, we should be ratifying uh, units anyway. Um, you know, that to me is, is just really doing our job. We need to take it a step further. So the maintenance SWAT teams, the lead, you know, um, compliance offices, all of these things are great, um, but we need to take it a step further, and a federal monitor is going to make sure that 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 we do that. So, so rapid response. You, you've been a lot. In Love fact, it. when you, when you were um, for, first here in the summer in the Brownsville houses, you went right into the woman's apartment, mm -hmm. saw the holes, saw all these things. You've been in many many apartments, and I'll be moving in on Monday. To Patterson to houses. To Patterson houses. All right. Yes. So we've been, we've done a lot of work. I've <laughs> been in Patterson houses. Yeah. That's a your lot second too. home, Lisa. Wait, this is my second home. <laughs> well, shout out to everyone on 143rd there. The um, what kinds of things will you be looking for once you're actually you know you're the, you're there all the time? Well, first of all, um, you know, I'll be listening to the residents that I'm living with. Um, I'll be listening to the plights there uh, that they've had to endure. I'll be touring the property, visiting the boiler rooms. I'll also be holding at every location um, a Wednesday a town hall with the residents. I'm inviting elected local officials. Obviously, Danny will get invited to that. Um, the tenant presidents will be invited to that. I want to hear it all. Will street then soldiers on, be invited to that? Street soldiers will be invited. All right. On Thursday, I'll be sitting with the maintenance teams on each property and asking them, you know, what can I do to make your lives easier? What are you missing like right now to help these residents? Um, you know, this is not an ambush on NYCHA. I want to work with them and give them information that's helpful. Also relay this information to the federal monitor. Let them know, look, the maintenance teams on these individual properties don't have the tools, don't have the staffers, don't have the resources available to them on the ground um, to make immediate repairs, or they have to wait for a machine to come from a central so that, you know, instead, maybe we need to um, keep that sort of thing on site um, instead of centralizing it all like they did a couple of years ago to save money. And and what about the issue of accountability? Because like we saw with during the summer, the garbage crisis at Throg's Neck, mm. during that heat wave we had it, it, in the late summer, it's like we're there with a the camera and then all of a sudden we see the trucks coming and picking up the garbage. There people, people, first time I ever saw that, people are there with clipboards checking off building numbers. But the fact is there's, there's no like, real garbage uh, receptacles even. And which, by the way, we saw with Consolidated, when the garbage is not picked up, um, certain right. creatures like to come the rats. and live in your house. Yes. Um, and so this is yeah. unacceptable. Um, you know, make no mistake, the monitor is going to have to completely revamp that system. Um, and they're going to have to get more staffers, more trucks, more compactors to deal with the, again, double amount of trash that they think they have um, based on the number of residents. So accountability is going to be a big part of this whole federal monitor huge, process. Huge, huge. To me, that is the biggest part, is that anybody with half a brain who lives in New York City knows that NYCHA can't fix itself. Right. You need accountability. I don't care if they've been divested. I don't care. You know, 
that's only one component of the problem. Right. You know, the gross mismanagement is another. You can have all the money in the world, but if you're not spending it the right way, you're not going to fix anything. And so the monitor is going to make sure that the money that, uh, you know, we allocate, that the state allocates, that the city $2.2 billion, $2. billion allocates is being spent properly. Now, so you, you, and you, talk, you talk about the money. Danny, do you, a lot of the re, a lot of the residents say, "Well, you know, there's 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 been a lot of money, but it's we're not seeing it obviously on the ground when there's mold, when there's lead paint, when there's 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 no heat and there's rats everywhere." Yeah, it's just mismanagement 101 mm -hmm. across the board. So if the monitor can control the mismanagement and redirect the way the money's go to where it should go. I believe we should be okay. Okay, so also, Lynn, just so we understand, so this doesn't also stop the clock on any further investigations by the U.S. Attorney, does no, it? No, and in fact, one of the reasons why the U.S. Attorney did not appear at the agreement signing is because there is a continued criminal investigation by the SDNY. I don't know anything about it. HUD is not a law enforcement agency, but I trust that they are um, following the paperwork um, to where it needs to be, as you saw there have already been some arrests of folks that falsified um, elevator inspection records. There needs to be more. Right, and there was one case mm -hmm. where w involving money, mis mismanagement yes. of money. Yes. That was things. And also, obviously, um, you know, misrepresenting uh, the lead abatement and things of this nature. So six months from now, what would you consider being in a good place? What does that look like? I would consider being in a good place, having a monitor. Um, that's on the ground, that's high, that's surrounded themselves with um, industry experts that are actually making a difference, um, having implemented the three new divisions that we do need um, for health, compliance, quality assurance. I would also say having new chair leadership at NYCHA is a must. Um, you know, uh, being able, and somebody who has the experience to run NYCHA. NYCHA is basically a billion dollar corporation. I mean, think about all the money that they it have. It is, it um, is. You know, you can't just take some Hauser off the street, uh, God bless them, you know, and think that they can, you know, just because they understand housing, run a, a, a company like this. Um, because that's what it is, a company. And so we need to make sure that we are putting in place the people that are, 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 are knowledgeable and capable of turning it around. And again, as I said before, we need to hire more people on the ground, less people in the office, more people in the in, in the um, buildings, Danny. In terms of the in terms of the residents, what would you? Because you have people calling you and texting you day and day and night. Everywhere you go, people are stopping you to tell you their stories about what's going on. And, and to your credit, you know, you answer them. You try to help them personally. But what what would be a good place for the residents six months from now? Like s some real progress that that they would feel because a lot of people's spirits are really really low mm. too behind this. Yeah. Um. I think a good place for for residents to be able to move forward would be the place where for me to take my time to put in the ticket, the ticket gets answered and not closed out. Right. Um, for I'm sure they'll have plenty of systems uh, checking that out, yeah. too. Yeah, and the quality assurance department is going to be tasked with yeah, especially so, that. So the three departments that Ms. Patton has been speaking of those are the, the crucial and the key components to all of this working. So, um, I once again, I appreciate HUD stepping in and doing what they did. appreciate the U.S. Attorney continuing his investigation. And um, 
I hope all the improprieties are dealt with accordingly. Um, but we definitely need to make sure that the residents' input is not just a suggestion as the original consent decree called it. We are the true experts because we live it on a day-to-day basis. Right, and you see things that, yes, that, that somebody coming in from a management point of view might not might see. Might not see it. So all we ask for is what we're supposed to get under HUD's regulation. Thank you. 24 CFR 964 HUD regulation. Bought your copy, Lisa. Great, thank you. <laughs> and it basically states is that the residents, the duly elected body, are supposed to be at the table from thought process to completion of the project. And this isn't something that the residents made up. This is HUD's it's the law. law. It's the law. And Danny knows that my team has been trying to put together a meeting between him, NYCHA, myself, the resident advisory exactly. board for months now, um, even before the shutdown. And I'm flabbergasted because NYCHA is obviously usually very responsive to me. Um, they have been dodging and weaving this meeting like I don't even know what. And they're not going to be able to hide forever because they don't we're going to have it. They and don't want Lynn Patton in a room with <laughs> Danny Barber alone together. <laughs> we live rent-free in their heads. So the so, so the, 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 the goal for everybody should be the same. It's like, what happened in the past? Thank you. We'll leave that to the in investigator. The to yeah. the invest, Sorry, Michael. Leave that to the investigators and then move forward now. And, and hopefully by you know six months from now, we'll be able to do the show talking about all the great things that That's have happened. That's right. And I do want to say one good thing, um, you know, and I want to give shout out to uh, the U.S. Attorney Jeff Berman because a lot of people don't understand. Here's a man who's been in law enforcement his whole life. Um, he is arresting human traffickers, for God's sakes. But he told me, Lynn, I have never spent more time and energy and effort on a case than NYCHA in the history of his career. Wow. Um, that's how passionate he is about this. Um, he and I both wanted to see this go into receivership, I'll be honest. Um, but, you know, this monitor has unprecedented powers, and we're going to make sure that they use them. All right. And we're, uh, we'll be here to <laughs> talk about it and uh, hopefully to detail and, and discuss more progress as it, as it happens. Thank but you. I, I want to thank you. And I just want to mention everybody, we did invite NYCHA to send a representative to the show, but we were unable to get somebody from NYCHA here. They did not get back to us at the end of the day. So I want, um, wanted to let you know that. They're always welcome. NYCHA, you're always welcome here on Street Soldiers. Always happy to talk with you. But I want to thank the guests who are here with us, uh, holding us down. Danny Barber, the president of the Citywide Council of Press Residents of NYCHA Developments and also a NYCHA <laughs> resident himself of the Jackson Houses. Danny, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Also with us is Lynn Patton, the HUD Regional Director. Lynn, thank you so much for taking time. I know you got a lot of things on the schedule, but we yeah. re really appreciate you helping us just understand this because all this stuff is, you know, this is pretty complicated. It's my pleasure, Lisa, because it's important to me that the residents get the truth and not, you know, the tweets and the, and the um, you know, partisan hype. And I want to thank you, Lisa, for always being at the forefront of NYCHA and the, and the issues um, that Danny and, and the residents are undergoing every day because without folks like you, um, you know, the investigation and the, and the monitor and things would not have happened. <laughs> well, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Thank, thank you so much. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace.